Welcome to the Brookwood Church Ministries podcast. In the next six weeks, we're going to talk about the mystery of marriage. And as we break down the scriptures, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, and the roles for wives in marriage and husbands in marriage. Yeah, so let's join the care pastors from Brookwood Church as they discuss the mystery of marriage. Take two. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Care Ministries podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us today. And today we're starting a brand new series. Last week, we wrapped up the journey of healing. And now we're going to start a new six-part series called The Mystery of Marriage. So this is the first day of that. And before we get into that, before we get into the mystery of marriage, we've got a couple of disclaimers before I introduce my co-hosts here. So the first disclaimer is this, and this is really important. We want to make sure everybody knows this, that the material in this series on marriage is based on the assumption that you're in a marriage without physical or sexual abuse. And we want you to know that if you are in an abusive relationship, either a man or a woman, we want to help support you. We want to guide you. Um, and we want to walk with you through that. So we're going to encourage you to call us at the Care Ministry Department, 688-8355. If you're in immediate danger, call 211, and they can tell you which resources are available to you. So just know that we're this advice that we're giving in this podcast series is assuming that's not the case. But if you are struggling with that, please let us know so that we can support you. Um, and beyond that, if you're not married yet, don't turn off the podcast or switch to another podcast series um, because this is still for you. Because we're not just focusing on our relationship in our marriage, but we're focusing on our relationship with Christ. And knowing things like this before we get married, or even if you're planning to remain single, is vital. So this podcast series is really for everyone. Then disclaimer number three, we've got four, is if you are married and you're looking for a quick fix or tips or uh, little exercises you can do, this is probably not the podcast series for you because we're going to look at this from a completely different perspective and focus on uh, what a marriage means through the eyes of Christ instead of through the eyes of the world. And then the final disclaimer, and I'll speak for myself, but we are not perfect men. And we know that we are not perfect men. Uh, we are going to have some women in in later on in the series to get their perspective. But we're in this with you. Our desire in this series is for us to learn how to better honor Christ and our spouses in our marriage along with you. So I just want to acknowledge right up front, I'm not the perfect husband, and I'm not coming from this from that perspective. We're all in this with you. And I'll let Doug and Jean talk from their own experience. And speaking of Doug and Jean, I'm here with my co-hosts and my colleagues. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves, Doug? I am Doug Wildman, and I am the counseling and marriage pastor here at Brookwood Church. Hey, and I'm Gene Beckner. I am the care pastor here at Brookwood Church. And also a member of the Brookwood Church team, I am Josh Masters, and I'm the associate care pastor. So what we're going to do today is we're going we're to lay some of the groundwork for this series and then dig into the question, what is marriage, before we move forward. But the entire series is going to be based on Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. 
Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. And we want to encourage you to read that passage, reread that passage, read it before each podcast, when you listen to each podcast, because that's what we're going to be basing everything on. So we want to encourage you, even pause this right now, go read Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, and then come back. We'll wait for you because we're digital. And that's right. We'll, we can wait as long <laughs> as it takes you to read it. Um, so let me give you a summary of what we're going to look at. We don't have time to read the whole passage. We're going to have you read it. But the passage starts off in verse 21 by saying that a husband and a wife must submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And we're going to start with that today, but really that's going to be a theme that goes through the whole series. Is that correct, gentlemen? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then the next part of the passage, verses 23, uh, 22 through 24, is focusing on God's expectation of a godly wife. And we're going to spend two weeks talking about that, that, and we're going to have a woman in to get her perspective on it. That's going to be weeks four and five. Then the next section of the passage, verses 25 through 30, focuses on God's expectation of the husband, and that's a little bit longer of a section, and we'll have a guest in to discuss that as well. And that'll be weeks two and three. And then week six, we're going to have uh, a guest on, and we're going to discuss some practical next steps in making your marriage more holy and more God-honoring. So this week, we'll sort of do an introduction, then two weeks on men, then two weeks on women, and then f the final week on uh, next steps to make your marriage more holy. So one of the things that I like to tell couples when I officiate their wedding is that the purpose of marriage is not to make you happier. It's to make you holier. So if you're going into your marriage to be happier, you're probably starting off on the wrong foot already. Jesus is represented as the bridegroom of the church in more than a dozen New Testament passages. But it's not because marriage is a great analogy for our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the other way around. Christ is not like marriage. Marriage was created to be a reflection of our relationship with Christ. So the problem with passages like this is that we have a tendency to think that we already know what they say and what they mean. So we need to learn to have a different perspective. And I know, Gene, you had some thoughts on what is the best way to approach this series as a listener or even for us. I think one of the things... When you start digging into a specific passage of Scripture, um, you know, one of the things you have to look at is what does the Scripture really say versus what have I always heard it said? Right. Like I think we could do a whole series on things that aren't in the Bible that people think are in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, like, well, God helps those who help themselves. Well, where's that? But you hear people quote it all the time. Or, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah, I think that was a way for my Nana to get me to yeah. wash up, but it's not yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's nowhere. And yet people are like, well, but that's in the Bible. And so e even the beginning of this um, passage that we're looking at, you know, verse 21, uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the whole passage is set up by both the husband and the wife submitting to Christ. Mm -hmm. But yet you will hear these misconceptions about, 
well, wives are supposed to be submitting to their husbands, and husbands are supposed to be loving to their wives. Yes, all of those things are true. However, it starts with a mutual submission to Christ. And so for people who, like you said, people are like, well, I thought when I was going to get married, I was going to be happy. You know, the fact that maybe it's more for holiness, that maybe God is doing it to set us apart for his glory. We're submitting not because I want to get my wife off my back or because I want to try to change my husband. I'm submitting because Christ is the leader of my life. And so the challenge of this, you know, these 12 verses, which you think this book is humongous, but these 12 verses, as we have discussed, are very challenging, is to look at it in the context of what is God trying to communicate to me or to us? You know, if you're listening to this, to every person who reads it. And, and I want to bring in um, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, which, you know, some people may know this, but it says that all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So I encourage you to look at, and I know that we have done this as we have prepared, is to realize we have these expectations. We have preconceived notions. We need to admit our bias. You know, there are things that maybe we think marriage uh, it should be or what it's supposed to be, maybe things we've been taught, things we've picked up from other people, you know, our, our family of origin has a big influence and all that. But I'm challenging us and the people listening and encouraging you to suspend that and to just read what it says. Don't add to it. Don't subtract from it. Don't gloss over the parts we don't like, the parts we don't understand, and really look at it and say, God, what are you trying to communicate to me? Not my spouse, not anyone else, not the three guys doing the podcast, but me. Because I think if we, if we humbly approach it in that way, then I think God has a, has a – you're giving God a place to work in you. If you come with, hey, I, my wife needs to listen to this, my husband needs to listen to this, I think we go with the wrong motive. But I think if we go with, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me? Because the good thing about Second, second Thessalonians, oh, excuse me, Second Timothy three sixteen seventeen, is it says it's it's useful for lots of things. It's useful to correct us, but also to guide us and to equip us. And that's one thing I know that I. Uh, have over the years when I've been meeting with people is they feel ill-equipped to be a husband or a wife, you know, or all they hear is what they're doing wrong or what they're not doing, or they're telling themselves that they're doing things wrong. And so the good thing about the word is that the word is, is, is living. It is active and it has the ability to change us if we give it the, the freedom to do so. And so <clears throat> if you go through this and you honestly start each 
week listening to this podcast or anytime you're reading the scripture in Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, and you're going, God, what do you want to teach me about marriage in this? Then I have faith that God is going to respond, that you're going to have some experiences with God, some aha moments, some things that might be challenging, but in essence has the ability to transform you, has the ability to transform your marriage if we let the Word kind of speak to us. And you mentioned not skipping over the parts that we don't like. So I would say one other thing is pay attention to the things that ruffle your feathers, because that is likely where God wants to speak into your life. Would you? Oh, yeah, definitely agree. And, you know, I know even in our conversations, Doug, you— you had brought some some insight into um, how the first marriage uh, was kind of setting us up for understanding marriage and understanding, you know, uh, maybe the deeper things about it. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever noticed this. This is this would make a great study if anyone is um, interested in doing this. Look up the word "separated" in the book of Genesis and the creation account, every time that it uses the word separated, I had never really noticed this before, but it said in verse 3, uh, chapter 1, it said that God separated the light from the darkness. And then in, in verse 6, it said he separated the waters below from the waters above. Um, then he separated in verse 10, the dry ground from the sea. And then he separated the day from the night. And then he separated humankind from from the animal kingdom in verse uh, 26. And then later on, we, you know, we read about um, how he separated a nation unto himself, um, uh, the nation of Israel. Um, and then after that, in the New Testament, he separated a people, uh, gathering people from all nations to join him as his bride, which is really, um, when you think about it, marriage is really about saying, this is someone who has been separated from all others to be my bride or a man who is separated from all others to be your husband. And that that's what marriage is all about. Now, the reason I'm going into all of this is that, you know, that that very familiar passage, um, uh, I think it's uh, chapter 2, verse 21, where it talks about the rib being taken from Adam. It actually says in the original language that he went into a deep trance. Um, and then God removed uh, his tzelah, which is his sometimes translated as rib. It should actually be read as his side. He removed his side. In fact, every other, I think it's 27 times in the Bible, this word tzelah is used. And almost every other time it's translated as side. But we just call it rib. There are actually, I looked it up, we actually have 24 ribs uh, as human beings. And so the reason I'm making this point is that the wife is not just one of our 24 ribs. This is somebody actually being cut in half. So what it's saying is that when the woman was taken out of man, she was literally half of him. And if you notice in every other one of those instances where God separated 
one thing from another. They were also in contrast with each other. So it's like you define one by having the other. So like light, you can't really fully understand what light is without there being dark, for example, or, or day and night. So there's a very distinct um, separation that takes place between the man and the woman, and they are to complement one another. Because each one of those separations are designed to work together, even though they're contrasts. Exactly. Right? So the night does work with the day. Exactly. And the land and the sea are separate, but they work together. Man and the animal kingdom are separate, but they work together. Exactly. Yep. I've wondered if maybe this is the reason why in Genesis 15, it talks about God making a covenant, and I want, to, I want you to cut these animals in half. Um, so there's a there's a common theme that you see run throughout the scripture about things being divided right in half. That's such a powerful image and I had not known that before we started studying for this. So then when we go back to our passage and it says in verse 31 through 32, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Yes. That's returning mm -hmm. the separation back together. Yes. Right? Yep. Um, and then the next verse says, this is a great mystery, which is why this is a difficult passage, because even God, who inspired the writing, said, this is going to be tough to understand. <laughs> yes. But the word mystery is commonly misunderstood. We usually think of it as something that can't be understood, mm -hmm. but in Scripture, the Greek word often means an unveiling, yes, right? A, a revelation. A, a revelation. Yeah. So that's what we're hoping this series will be, that this is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one, which is how that verse finishes, which brings us back to sort of where we started, the idea that marriage is designed to be a reflection of the church's relationship and man's relationship with Christ which is what we're going to be focusing on throughout this entire series. So was there anything that you gentlemen wanted to add from your own perspective or your own experience? Yeah, I mean, I think that that idea of it being a mystery, um, you know, that just like anything else, the two becoming one is a process. It, it takes time. It's not an instant moment where all of a sudden the two are one and they're in harmony and they're in unity. Because um, I think if, if, uh, if you take a look at your own salvation, and I think, um, you know, uh, our founding pastor, Perry Duggar, said, you know, there, said this this past weekend, that there should be a noticeable change in you from the time you were saved until, you know, where you are 20 years later. And I think it's the same thing with marriage, you know, and I want to say this more as an um, encouragement uh, to those of you out there who may be struggling is, you know, it wasn't meant to be instantaneous and it wasn't meant to be without challenges uh, because, the whole idea of the scripture says that we're submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Well, even that takes a will to be 
to bend my knee to you know what I mean like to to say you know what God I'm I'm doing this to honor you some people struggle with that part of it as well um, and again it could be family of origin it could be past experiences I mean you know all those kinds of things and I think as we'll go through this series there will be moments where you know we talk about very vulnerable things that a lot of people are afraid to go there because they're afraid they're going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that until we experience the grace and the mercy of Christ, we will always be leaning on our own understanding. You know, and we're told, you know, not to lean on our own understanding or, you know, to lean on his understanding. But that even as we go through the process of two becoming one, that if we ask him to lead us and guide our steps, he will do that. That does not mean that it will not be difficult and it won't be challenging, but it just means we're not going to be doing it on our own or in our own strength. And I think that's important to to point out is that, like you said at the beginning, Josh, is that this isn't a hey, do these three these three techniques, and you know your marriage is going to be better next week. Like this is this is more about you as God's child learning how to be a husband or a wife the way that the scripture says. And it's about what God wants to do in you regardless of how your spouse responds. Yes, that's an important point. Which is very, very difficult to grasp hold of, but is vital. And so we also wanted to point out as we wrap up today, because we really are focusing on our relationship with Christ in our marriage, a great additional resource is the sermon series that we're actually going through right now here at Brookwood Church. And you can go on brookwoodchurch.org and you can find the Fruit of the Spirit series that we're going through right now called Cultivating Character. And that would be a great supplement to this because we're going to be talking about a lot of the same things. So we want to thank everybody for listening and we'd love to have you back next week. If you need help or you want encouragement, Beyond listening to this podcast, there's going to be a phone number at the end, uh, and we would love to have you call us, and we would love to connect with you. Gene, do you want to close us in prayer? Sure. Father, thank you for um, uh, your word, which is living, and Lord, I, I pray that as we journey over the next weeks, Lord, that you will... Um, make your word come alive to us, Lord, that you will uh, use it to, to change us and that you will, um, with your grace and your mercy, um, walk with us through what might be a difficult time. It might be a time where we're challenged, but we know that, um, that you're good and that your plans are for us are good. And so we will lean on that, and um, we just thank you in advance for what you'll do. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information on today's topic, or if you need support, call 864-688-8355, or visit our website at www.brookwoodchurch.org. Hello. Hello. No.
I'm not going to do that. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm not oh, going to give credence to the Three Stooges. <laughs> oh.